Hi campers, I hope everyone's having a great week so far. It's me, your host Dylan, and I'd like to welcome you all back to another new episode of Campfire Adventures Podcast. I'm so sorry. So we're trying something new on this episode and I hope y'all like it. Long story short, because it's a long story, a while back we had a guest on the show named Daniel. I don't know if you remember him. We were doing Halloween-themed episodes, and we did the Exorcist episode together. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead and check it out, because I think it's a pretty good one. Anyway, well, he pointed out that the audio quality for the podcast could have been a little bit better. I don't know, you know, just using a legit mic would make the difference in our audio quality. And maybe some of you have been thinking about that. So with some encouragement from him and some looking around, we found some lapel mics that I would like to test out and see if it makes a difference in your podcasting experience. So with that said, we're using them now. If you notice a difference, please let me know. If you like it, please let me know. And I guess with that, just a huge thank you to everybody out there in podcast land for always listening. And as you might have heard in the live audience, we've brought Jay Dizzy back once again. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry once again. And we have Patrice here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently Patrice thinks it's funny to make fun of our co-hosts. Well, we have a pretty cool story to share with you all. And this one, it takes place back in time to a place where a city was plagued with death, dark magic, and a hunt for answers that may or may not have brought about justice. So with all that said, it's time for us to grab a drink. We are sitting outside of the Carlsbad Beach because it's nice and I have coffee, so I feel like we're kind of on a stakeout. We're chilling around the portable campfire. We have it on blue for the mood. And I guess with that said, it's time for us to get into this week's episode. Okay, girl. I see you. Okay. Hit the theme song, please. So new week, new mics, and a new story. It can't get any better than this. And this week's story is freaking crazy. I'm really excited for this one because of how much I've actually learned from all the research that I've done, but also how true that this story is. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I feel. So there's no question that the person that I'm going to tell you about today is connected to the dark arts. But we also learned about how and why it all started. So without further ado, I'd like to tell you that our story takes place in Paris, France during the 1600s, in 1640 to be more exact, and a young girl named Catherine Deshaies was born into a working class family. Now she lived in poverty for most of her life, and it was because of all this that she decided to learn some skills to help her make some money. At the age of nine, Catherine had picked up the idea of being a fortune teller and reading palms. Over the years, she developed her skills and sold her services to survive, and eventually, down the line, she got married to a man named Antoine Manvoisson in her early 20s. And things seemed like they were on the up and up for Catherine. 
and her status in the community was way better than being an impoverished person. Her husband actually was a merchant and a jeweler at the time. He actually had his own business and things just seemed good for her. For a while, the business was successful and the two lived happily. But as businesses tend to do sometimes, they start to diminish and they weren't reaping in the return like they used to. So it started to go down. And with the two facing poverty of their own, Catherine decided that she wouldn't allow it. She decided to slide back into her entrepreneurial practice of fortune telling and palm reading. And this time she added face reading. Yes, that is a real thing. Basically, it's like palm reading, only you read the lines on someone's faces. Oh. I don't know. Like, Dylan's face <laughs> must have a lot to tell. It does it because I got these chipmunk cheeks. Anyway, so Catherine now started to make a name for herself in the community. She was helping out wives of the wealthy upper class, and she would tell them how to fix their marriages, how to make men fall in love with them. Now, these upper class customers were in need of someone with Catherine's skills and her discretion, but they wanted more and more from her. So Catherine, being the businesswoman that she was, decided to capitalize on the demands for the services that she supplied and the ones that she didn't. She became an herbalist to make potions for love, but in a more evil aspect to also kill people. To take things a step further, she would help people with their unwanted pregnancies now, full disclaimer, this episode is going to mention the idea about unwanted pregnancies and more than just once. So please be prepared. And I could totally understand that that's something that you don't want to listen to. So you're more than welcome to skip this week's episode, but we're going to move forward. So by help, I mean that she would help get rid of the child for the expecting mother. And it seemed like business was good. She strictly focused on catering to the upper class because if she was going to offer discretion in her practices, she knew that high society types wouldn't be willing to expose her for her questionable practices as well. Because why would you want to like, oh, I'm using the witch doctor, you know, to kind of do all my stuff for me. You know, like you just want to be wealthy and successful without the idea that there are strings attached to it. So now that I have some time, I know that the campers hearing this story are thinking, wait a second, there is a word for the kind of person that is the one who makes potions and tells fortunes. Hmm. Whatever could that word actually be? Well, just think about it. There's no pressure in figuring out what the word is that I'm thinking of. But although Catherine was out and about practicing her work in secret, there was one entity that she couldn't hide her doings from, and that was the Catholic Church. Now, they disproved of her practices, and basically they claimed that she was acting with dark magic and that she would need to stop or they would need to do something about it. What were they going to do about it? Well... I mean, don't they believe in love thy neighbor and whatnot? But I also think that they don't like dark practices, especially within the community, spreading to the noblemen of, you know, their country. So maybe they pray on it and then God will give them the answer. God didn't smite thee? I don't know. (laughs) I have yet to actually read the Bible myself, so I'm not sure. So... Oh, it shows. They disproved of her practices. And basically, like I said, they were claiming that she was doing dark magic. Now, I'm not sure how she did this or if she had some dirt on some people in the church. Because, I mean, you know, (laughs) cough, cough. The church has its own secrets going on. Hmm. You know, and so somebody is bound to know something about somebody. So I'm not sure how this happened. But 
she was able to convince them that anything that she's practicing is from what God gave her and that there's no darkness because God wouldn't have given it to her in the first place. Like he gives her her abilities like a fortune telling and, you know, potions for loves and stuff like that. But he doesn't give her like darkness along with it. So she went off on this whole like business mindset of like, let me sell him this sales pitch real quick about how what I'm doing is good and a gift from God. And it was enough for the church to no longer target her or want to come after her for any reason. And actually, because they didn't charge her with anything of devilish deeds, it seemed like her service and the demand for it went even higher than before. Hmm. So what Catherine did to help with the ever-growing demand was hire a group of other magical practitioners to do some of the work for her. Some were more skilled in potions, others were more skilled in telling the future, and with more free time, Catherine was able to expand her abilities and started to make amulets and even more potions, take them to the next level. She was making love potions, potions to keep people obsessed with others, and even potions to kill people's enemies. Which to me is like, well, damn, you know, everybody needs to just calm down at this point. If you really don't like somebody, then just don't hang out with them. Why do you have to kill them? And if you're really into somebody and that person's just not into you, then why would you go to like, you know, a magical practitioner and be like, can you make so-and-so fall in love with me? If they don't want you, they don't want you. So what do you mean? If they can't have them, can't nobody have them. That reminds me, do you remember that worst neighbor or the worst roommate from Netflix, that documentary? Which one? The one that we watched, the old lady. And then, you know, there was that guy who is the roommate for that. Yeah. Yeah, So I was watching that again today. So like the whole thing, if, I can't have them. Nobody can. That mindset just doesn't work. And it's so terrible. So please don't be like that. Like, we don't like that. Speak for yourself. But I digress. So what Catherine did, like I said, was she got all these other skilled people to help her. She got her free time, able to make all these different level potions, which, like I said, not a good idea. And then it's believed that the agent that she was creating, like, to kill people was actually arsenic. Oh. So could you tell us a little bit about arsenic, Patrice? Uh, I really don't know too much. All I know is it's highly poisonous. Um, I know, I, I think that you could poison people who use it, tend to poison people with it little by little over time, if I remember. So I was thinking, like, they would put it in drinks and food right. just to kind of cover up the flavor. I mean, if it tastes like anything... Because they were saying whatever was poisoning people had to be tasteless. They couldn't, like, see it. And it was deadly. So they were saying that she was using arsenic. And actually, there's a lot of different things that people use in other countries to, like, act as medicine. So, I mean, I guess in the 1600s, that could very well have been a real probable thing. Now, in many of the articles that I read, it seemed like Catherine Monvoisson reached a whole new level when she developed a dark ritual known as the Black Masses. Now, this ritual is one that changed her identity to just La Voisin. So they didn't call her Catherine Monvoisin. They just called her La Voisin. And she became a dark practitioner of magic and would do a ritual that would take place under her house in tunnels beneath the cities. So it's kind of like the catacombs. So connected like the church, it connected her house, a lot of other buildings it connected them all together and she would go down there and do this ritual and it would involve priests now some of the articles that i read said that these priests were 
her potential lovers, others she was blackmailing, and she just needed a group of holy men to help do this ritual and these chants. And they'd come to help her perform in this ceremony. As she lay there, she had to be nude. She had two black candles lit in both hands, and the priest would circle around her and start to say these chants, these demonic chants to try to get Satan to come up, basically. And she had like a cup thing, you know, like a, what do they call it? Like a gauntlet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. She'd have that over her stomach. And then they'd start doing this chant and she would start chanting to say in to ask him for like answers or whatever it was. This was like her ultimate move of moves. Like this was the most expensive service that she provided. And to take it one step further, and I'd like to say that this part is really bad. So if you can't handle it, you don't think I'd recommend skipping five seconds. Do that now. They'd pour infant's blood on her while these chants are being repeated. And it could be from a fresh kill. It could be from a still living, you know, person. I don't know. But it had to be an infant's blood, basically. And so she'd repeat these chants in an attempt to get Satan to help her with, you know, if she was asking for someone's fortune, if she was asking to put a spell on somebody. And this was her ultimate move. It was supposed to make anything that she wanted ha to happen come true. So I was worried, you know, that I wasn't going to be able to get all that told. But, you know, there it is. This seemingly normal lady lived a life surrounded and connected to services that only further push her into darkness. She wasn't just this simple fortune teller. She was a witch. Yep, that's the word that I was thinking of. A woman who wouldn't stop at anything to use her power to connect to a dark higher power. Well, it's crazy, but there's more. So, you know how Catherine, now known as, you know, La Boisson, was working for the High Society Wives of France? Well, she would also work for the mistresses of the High Society men as well. And one of the people who came to call upon La Boisson for her services was the mistress of the king of the country, King Louis XIV. She was known as Miss Madame de Montespan. So basically, she was like, the king is not into me anymore. Like, he likes me, but not all the time. And he's still married, so we need to fix that. But you can give me something to make him obsessed with only me. And La Voision was like, don't worry, I got you. So she makes her a love potion. And then she also does her black mass. You know, that whole ritual I just told you about. At the same time, People are getting hit to the idea of people getting poisoned. So actually the king at this point is super nervous that he's going to end up getting poisoned. So anything that he's eating or drinking, he has somebody else drink it or like test it out for him. And at the same time, there's just been an unprecedented amount of royals dying and people within the country dying based off of unknown reasons like poisoning. So the king isn't taking any chances. So he hires a task force to go out and figure out who's responsible for all these murders. During the investigation, the task force arrests a fortune teller known as Magdalene de Lagrange. And Lagrange is actually what they just call her, is one of the main competitors for La Voision. So she starts to tell the police everything about La Voision and all about her workers and what they've done. So the police arrest one of La Voision's associates and they interrogate her. And she tells them everything because she apparently didn't like her either. And so they end up going and arresting Catherine. So 
all these people are just like, she did it. She's making all these potions. She's the dark priestess of blah, blah, blah. Like, go ahead and take her down because we ain't doing nothing. And the police are like, okay, yeah, sure. Sounds good enough to me. So they question her, but they're not actually able to get anything out of her. Now, in one article that I read, which was actually pretty interesting, they got her sloshed. Do we know what that? Yeah, they got her sloshed off of wine. Me next. (laughs) And she starts just singing like a canary. She's saying everything. She's like, yeah, I made this love potion. Yeah, I killed this person. I killed that person. You know, I have this whole setup team, so I'm making all this bank, and I'm just rolling in dough, and I'm just so great. Oh, yeah, by the way, I also killed my husband because we haven't heard about him in a while, so he's dead. And she just said everything. And they were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, thanks for confessing. And just to make sure that they actually had proof of everything, because when everything's done and said and they start to, like, interrogate her the next day, she goes, I never did anything. I never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, they went to her house and they found jars of blood and they had bones and they had different roots. And it was a whole little like alchemy kit, basically. And so they're like smoking gun right there. And so now the police started arresting some of the aristocrats that were involved and as well as the other magical users. And they're trying to figure out what the end game of this whole thing was, because now they have Catherine. They have some of her friends. They have some of the people who were paying for services through her and they're like well what the heck are we gonna do and as i researched even more it turns out that at this time in the 1600s so right now we're like at 1670s right now 1678 ish and at this time there's this whole thing in french history known as the affairs of the poisons right and this leads me to mention that there are many royals who are being killed remember how i pointed that out before what was for these unknown circumstances And so many other people were practicing magic and quote-unquote witchcraft with an abundance of potions making things more cautious and they were just more prevalent and people were dying. And it was up to the king to stop it, which leads us back to Catherine, a.k.a. La Voixion. So she was a prominent figure in the game. And I mean, you could claim that she was the priestess of the darkness, right? And because of what she was capable of, It was almost as if she would serve as the perfect example of what you've done and what's going to happen after you've done it. So it was decided that in 1680, Catherine, at the age of 40 now, she'd be burned in front of everybody at the stake for being a witch. They believed wholeheartedly that she was practicing witchcraft, that she was contacting Satan, that she was doing all these terrible things. And they even said that she poisoned over thousands of people, including her husband, killing infants because like i said they found the proof they had different jars and it was actually in the top thousands of infants now i'm not sure if they're including like the abortions that she was performing like if that was the murders of the infants or if she was just taking children and then killing them i'm not sure but they decided that she was a dangerous woman who wouldn't stop at anything for power and money and it seemed like the public was willing to support her however they could as long as they got what they wanted to so at least that is until she got to the wrong person going after the king i don't know it seems like she was powerful but is anyone really that powerful so they put her on the stake and she's up there and they're just like you know Catherine, do you admit to being a witch do you admit to all this stuff and basically her last words were something to the effect of You can get rid of me, but I'm not the only one who's doing stuff like this. And if you get rid of me, it won't get rid of what's happening around here. 
And after her death, it was said that they killed more than 30 plus people connected to this whole witch hunt because that's what it was. There were fortune tellers who were making potions, who were, you know, doing abortions, doing all this stuff. And it was just connected to witchcraft at the time. Actually, one of the articles made a crazy point that I didn't actually connect until it said it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. Why didn't I think about that? So the affair of the poisons claimed almost two times, if not three times more people than the Salem witch trials, which you know that we did our episodes on it. If you haven't heard it, you're more than welcome to go back and listen to it. But it was just insane to me to think like two times the amount would they have 30 plus people that they've killed. Like, that's a lot of people under the assumption that are performing witchcraft. Not that I believe that everybody that they did were just basically witches, but also people who were, like, soliciting that service. Right. So it's just an interesting story because I never would have thought that there was something bigger than the Salem Witch Trials because that was huge. Let alone this was ginormous, too. Like, she was practicing her magic since she was nine years old. Anyway... Makes me wonder when Jay Dizzy's going to get a real job. <laughs> so I hope that you enjoyed this week's story about La Boisson, the most famous witch I found on the internet, at least. Actually, that's how the story came to be. My nephew and I were throwing some ideas back and forth, and he had said that we should do a story about a witch. And so I looked up some of the most famous ones, because why not? And that's how I found the story of Catherine Monvoisson. So the last thing that I'll say about this topic is that like Rumpelstiltskin oh. from Once Upon a Time says, comes all price. magic comes at a price. That's right. So that's what he says. And it's just, it makes total sense. Like, if you're calling upon some other force to get you what you want, it's going to have a price. In the case of Catherine, well, she was willing to sacrifice kids, animals, anything. But it was all in a ploy. I mean, the biggest part of her story was she just didn't want to be poor and she didn't want to not have power. So that's what she was striving for in everything that she did. But isn't that a crazy story? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I like when I read it, I was like, this can't be real. But welcome to the 1600s. Hmm. So anything goes back then. <laughs> so that's the story that we have for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. As much as I enjoyed doing the research, it was a crazy story. And sitting here sipping on coffee while we're doing it makes us think that, at least me, that I'm on a stakeout for this whole truth and justice nonsense. But I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to the mics. I'm really hoping that the sound quality is great, but we'll find out after I edit it. And with all that said, I guess we're at the end of another story. And um, you can see all of our pictures that we're going to post about La Voicion and all the people connected to this story on our Instagram and Facebook at Campfire Adventures Podcast. Then you'll see source material and some other pictures that we might not get a chance to post on the Instagram on our uh, website at www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. And what do you listen to this in the morning or the evening? I hope you have a good morning or good evening. And I guess with all that said, I'm going to say bye. So bye. Bye.